You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. Welcome to Be Simply. This is Suzanne, and I want to thank you for joining us today. We are here to dive into a little soul, silence, and sound. And in this Dharma talk, we're going to connect with the aspect of dropping the veil so we can see what is. This is something that I continuously remind my clients and students that I work with that is really important to determine what is. And that is usually fairly simple. So right now, if you just look down and say, uh, what am I wearing? You should have a pretty clear answer for that. And as you look at the textiles, the fabric, but you can pretty much say, I'm wearing pants, they're this color, I'm wearing a shirt, it's this color. I'm wearing a dress, I'm wearing yoga pants, whatever it might be. And that is the is. And then if I say, where are you sitting? You would say, I'm sitting in a room. Or I'm sitting outside, I'm sitting in my car. I'm sitting at the gym, wherever you might be. And that, again, is what is. And then from there, as you deepen into that expression of self, then you can start to understand what objective reality is. And when we enter into meditation, spiritual practice, uh, different types of engagements with the physical world to the ethereal world, sometimes lines can get blurred. And it's really, really important to stay objective in that is and that, that becomes like your home base, your metaphorical, you're playing baseball, you're running out around all the bases, maybe you're in the outfield waiting for the ball. Yet, if you get back to home base, that's when the next pitch begins, uh, the changing of the players, whatever it may be. And so you can kind of use that metaphor that we, we can move in and around a field of energy and we can all be in different positions. But then if we come back home to that home plate, it's really important to have an objective is. And no different than hurling a ball through the air, everyone might see that a little differently based on the angle and the position they're in on the field, right? Yet if we all came back home and observed that from the home plate, the heart space, We'll all have this unified perspective of it, potentially. And so imagine being in that center place for yourself and observing everything around you and objectively being able to look out into the field, the bases, the grandstands, maybe there's people there, whatever it is. But objectively, if you and a couple people were standing on that base, you could all see objectively what is what has happened in our society is 
we have become masters at manipulation. We've become uh, beautiful puppets to be manipulated. And I don't mean to offend anyone by saying that, but basically because we've allowed ourselves to create illusions and delusions for ourselves and others, we have become an active participant. And so it's really easy, especially through technology these days, to project things that don't exist uh, in from a digital world into a physical world, back into a digital world. And now there's even technologies that can create holographic uh, projections in your physical space. And the more and more that this uh, technology merges with the physical realm, it can get more and more confusing. And so this moment that we've been in has been, which I've talked about a little bit, uh, the ninth hour that the Hopi have talked about. And in their creation cycles, they uh, work with the traditions of reemergence. They're very much in harmony with nature. They release what isn't going to be held in integrity back to the earth and let it rise back up. And there's all different perceptions about uh, indigenous culture for many reasons, but we're going to keep it basic based on our relationship to nature, agriculture, the elements, and how the cycles. And I promise you, you don't have to do anything strange, really uh, questionable to deepen your relationship with nature. And you can stay in the is. And so when we enter into spiritual practice, it's really important because we are an on-demand culture and we want things instantly. Uh, And there's so much information available It at times is difficult to understand or know what is true or not. And true would mean that it is, that it actually occurred, that it has an electromagnetic imprint in the universe, and that it could be confirmed. Yet in this moment, we have learned to trick ourselves because we want things to be a certain way. We have expectations that we deserve or it's our turn to have. And a lot of times those ideas come from a very uh, eye-centric perspective versus stepping back and looking at the whole. And so if we talk about dropping the veil, that veil is very thin and is what sometimes prevents us from seeing truly what is. No different if you're looking out onto the horizon and you see a mirage. You're in the hot desert and you see the water 
on the horizon. Yet if you travel to that point, it doesn't exist. But your eyes saw it. So you might ask, well, what's the value of seeing what is? Well, one of the the greatest value is the mind remains clear and certain. And then the emotional body can be more stable. And in this moment here on planet Earth, we have been manipulating the human mind. We have been manipulating, and I say we, we've all been participating. We have manipulated the human emotions. And then these behaviors create this domino effect for everyone that's been enticed into the delusion or the illusion or the mind control game. And so for you right now, the reason it's important to talk about this, because many people in the past couple years have had their veils dropped and there will be more. And they, some of these people here, these humans here, fellow humans, uh, you know, that's jarring when, you know, there's others that have had awareness maybe for several lifetimes, this entire lifetime, 20, 30, 40 years. And so as we connect to this concept of the veil dropping and you seeing what is, it, it's one to prepare yourself for, meaning that you may have no way to completely understand the words I speak right now, and that's okay. But it does mean to like anchor, prepare yourself to be anchored, meaning that you know where your home base is, that you could step back and observe everything and ground in that plate, in that heart, in the earth, and then prepare yourself to re-enter the game. And the, that game is the game of life. And the reason this is most important in spiritual practice is because until we fully let go of all our grasping, and that's a process, it'll be a lifelong process, because there's so many nooks and crannies in our psyche, that it is very easy to become unaware of what truly is. And it could be as simple as I sit a beautiful dessert in front of you. And if you know me and you have a trust in me and I say, oh, this dessert is vegan, has no sugar, uh, it's really good for you. Yet, you haven't asked me to list all the ingredients because you trust me. And if you're not a person that works in the kitchen, meaning that 
you cook your own food, your taste buds are sharpened. And I give it to you and it's not those things you may not notice. Now someone that does work in the kitchen or has food sensitivities might immediately notice. Because they might have a reaction. And so these veils that have been lifted in and around us kind of work like that. Uh, there's someone that has maybe false trust. And people have blind faith. And so one way to prepare for the veils to drop, because they'll continue to drop, you know, it's like if you're not willing to keep exploring and looking and examining life, A, you're not going to find out new bodies of information. You're not going to continue to open and expand your mind. And you might not be able to discover some of the answers to some of the deepest questions that many people have, especially of consciousness. And so the first point of evaluation about this veil that surrounds many of us, and I would say all of us on a certain degree, because one veil drops, there's still another one there. And just take a moment to ask yourself, where do I have blind faith in and around the world that I participate in? And just write that down, like where. It could be in relationships. It could be, you know, you might start it from the, the your core. Do you have blind faith in yourself? Uh, and then go... And that could mean that you just believe things and you don't know why. You just show up and believe them. And it's not because it came from someone else. It's because something inside of you has uh, been implanted there that you believe it. And that's okay. Just where you have blind faith. So start from within and expand it out, outside of yourself. With your closest relationships to ones that are not fully accessible but have an impact on your life. That might be uh, certain leaders in your community, uh, politicians that work for you, uh, health officials that work for you. Uh, that might be entertainment people that you admire, uh, scientists, all these different things that maybe you don't have direct access to but you have quote-unquote blind faith in. These are where veils exist. And those are areas that you'll want to examine. So after this segment, you can spend a little time after we go through meditation and sound looking at these if you have the space or later on this week. But just to look at where you have that blind faith. And then the question will be, what what is it? Like, what is this blind faith? Is it in Santa Claus? Is it in... Uh, some public initiative? Is it uh, based on 
what someone has told me, but I've never verified. Whatever it is, just verif- just write down what the blind faith is. And then you'll ask yourself, do I want to know the truth? Do I feel I need to know the truth? And then from there, I just encourage you to pick one thing out of all those things you'll probably write down. And start to do some research. Now, if this is a personal relationship, uh, you want to sit with it in uh, very much in integrity. So you don't want to necessarily go snooping around someone's life that you kind of believe them, but you have a sense that you shouldn't believe them. You need to figure out why. And we'll get into that um, honest communication in a moment. So you would address that person directly versus sneaking around and trying to determine uh, what is and what isn't. And so what this will do is this will start to anchor you in a process for you what is needed to verify what is. Because it's, it's not always as easy as saying, I'm wearing a gray shirt or I'm wearing cotton pants that are orange. It's not always that easy. Sometimes that veil might create a little confusion, meaning that if I shined a filter on my outfit right now, that all of a sudden it could look like I was wearing purple pants and a blue shirt. Just by manipulating lighting and a filter and technology. And so anyone viewing me, let's say from a screen, might say she was wearing da-da-da-da-da, but that's not the truth. And so this examination process is really important. And then there's a second part is that in spiritual practice that you sharpen your ability to listen and feel into what is. Because the simple visual cues of determining what is is one thing. But if then if you feel into what is, you start to have a dynamic interaction with people around you. So if on your list, some of those things were more like big picture things that you've been told through mass media or social media, whatever it might be, or it might be someone that you followed on social media and they espouse to be this, this, and this, and then sure enough, you go and research just simple background stuff on them, meaning not snooping on them, but like you go to the website, see where they went to school or anything like that, Um, if they have that. But there's ways to do that that are public information that they might have created. Then you could determine if that was really true. But we we get sucked into these illusions and delusions. So there's the general way. And then you start to realize how you have your checks and balances to realize what is. Then from there, you have the opportunity, if you so to choose, to take a more intimate topic that maybe you've listed here, like, oh, I have blind faith in my pastor, or I have blind faith in uh, 
my partner. Or I have blind faith in my friend. Yet, the reason you might have wrote that on the paper earlier or later is because something in any of those relationships I listed as examples might have been tapping at you, might have been saying, hey, maybe you need to check on this. Now, there's a couple things to, to know here to keep yourself in integrity. If you have trauma that's unresolved, if you have mental afflictions or imbalances, or you're uh, in the process of bringing your physical body or emotional body into balance, it is very plausible that because of some of those things that are in balance, some of those intuitive senses can be off. So when we're completely in harmony, when we're completely in balance, mind, body, heart, and soul, then our engines are running in harmony. When anything's off kilter, sometimes our intuition or what we think is our intuition is more a projection based on these imbalances. So when we come to more personal ways of determining what veils are there, what blind faith do I have, where do I need to ask questions, where has doubt come in and said, hey. And so sometimes, let's say if you're doubting someone a little bit, let's say, but you overall have blind faith, but you have some doubting. Sometimes that's you. Sometimes there's something to be, uh, to think about. So this is how we start to prepare ourselves. Like if we have a question of someone, we can ask. And rather than be like sly with the question, just be direct. Say, wow, um, something doesn't feel right about X, Y, and Z. Can we talk about it a little bit more? And I don't know, it might be my past wounds, um, but i I just curious. And you, then you can ask questions that will help those veils drop down. And the reason you want the veils to drop is so that each individual that's engaging with another individual, it's transparent. And then uh, there can be more potential for cohesive relationships. And so you'll have maybe those big picture things. You'll learn about the interpersonal dynamics, how you bring something into harmony. And trust me, if something's being hidden, uh, typically uh, the dynamic that which needs to be discussed might be triggering for both of you. And then um, from there, it's like, where do the veils need to drop within self? Because we live in a society that is so contrived right now, it's manipulated, it's it's like a fanfare, an obligatory fanfare in certain places. But even outside the digital realm, before digital realm became so uh, an integral part of our life, you would have that in print media. You would have that in different ways, different impressions that would occur. 
And depending on your industry, that would be explained in certain ways. And so when we go through kind of the community to our family, friends unit, to our internal landscape, we can start with a bigger picture because that might be a little easier to see how you research, how you verify. And again, keep integrity with that, meaning that you're not um, snooping or breaking any laws to look at stuff. It's really important. And, you know, I say laws, there's cosmic laws, you know, we we don't go around uh, peering in, uh, even if you have, you know, abilities that are, you know, sharpened a little bit to see into things, it's not appropriate to uh, peep. It's no different as it's not appropriate for me to walk down the street and peep into my neighbor's living room window, whether they're home or not. Hmm. They drive up and see me <laughs> looking in the window. They're going to be like, what is, what is this person doing? They might even call the police, right? <laughs> so use, use your uh, discernment here when figuring out what is. So you go from community, family, and friends, and then you go internal to self. And within those three units, you'll, you'll fairly quickly start to drop some veils. You'll start to see what is. And then when you see what is, you have an obligation to yourself and to the people, especially if your blind faith is inaccurate, to do something different. So you can doesn't mean you can't be friends with people. It doesn't mean you can't admire people that maybe are outside uh, your personal relationships. But if you discover, let's say, like some scientist has been espousing some theory and it's already been proven otherwise by today's science, then it's you might want to evaluate how you relate to that scientist. Or if you see all these people that have paraphrased that science, that scientific theory, and it no longer has any weight, it won't become a law, then it's just wonder, you know? (laughs) And this happens in consciousness too, where They'll bring in the science and uh, spiritual practice. And this this is a science in certain practices. Like in Buddhism, there's a practice of studying math and science and the practices, the meditative practices simultaneously because this creates that balance back and forth between between fields of perception and it creates a really powerful checks and balances. And so as you go through this process, there's the opportunity for you to kind of clean up your side of the veil before it drops, get ready to verify things, get ready to have an open mind and to understand that as you discover new bodies of information, it's, okay to let down or let let down let go that which you quote unquote believed in sometimes things just sound fun 
you know, sometimes they just sound like a great idea. There's a lot of that going on right now. It's like, oh, wouldn't that be amazing if that occurred? But objectively, if we step back and start examining certain things, we can see if what's the viability, what has, what is leading up to this thing, all kinds of things. And the reason I bring this up right now is that it's really going to be important. We've already been through a lot as a collective global community, especially in this past two years. And we're still going through a deconstruction process. And the process is requiring all of us to become aware Become aware of ourself and our surroundings. Get our head out of the sand. And contribute to society. We've been conditioned and manipulated to just go, do this, do that, check off the box, keep going there. And everything that's been fed into our culture, for the most part, has been a manipulation. And so some of you, that might seem frightening. And I find it rather exciting. Because we are at this point where we get to come back to the basics. Evaluate what is, what works, what doesn't. We can renovate the world that we live in, that we co-create, and... We can have greater understanding of what we're creating so that when we leave this imprint from here forward, it's one that we can actually feel good about and we can know because when we have blind faith, we don't know. We're just going there typically to, or espousing something or professing something because it feels good to our eyeness. We might enjoy engaging in certain activities on this planet that are not in integrity or for the benefit of all human beings. So this is a deep contemplation. And I think what we'll do is we're going to go into silence right now. Or And then we'll have a follow-up to this talk. I don't know if it'll be a part two, but we'll build upon it. Uh, Dropping the veil. (laughs) The importance of it is really to learn how to see what is. And as inspired after this full segment, you'll sit down and just really evaluate where you have blind faith, where you don't know really what is. Some of that might be a little difficult to look at. And then from there, you can start to learn how you verify the is. That's step one. Uh, And then next week, we'll talk about uh, how to realign with that core, that home plate, our heart, and move forward from there with a new body of information. 
So with all that being said, just let it wash over you and fall away. And then take a nice gentle breath in. And out. Again, inhale. And exhale. Another one, inhale. And exhale. And then gently from there, breathing in and out. And then as we go into the silent meditation, just let the sounds of random rab wash over you in the background, gently following your breath, open-eyed, soft gaze if your mind tends to be busy. And then taking another deep breath in and out.
simply if you're still in an upright seated position just bring yourself back into a reclined position if you're on a chair or a sofa or if you're on your mat recline back into Shavasana and as you come to the earth the floor or the bed Just gently welcome your body to stay present, to soften, and to continue to dive into your inner landscape. Simply observe that breath, closing the eyes, and enjoying being here.
Taking a soft, gentle breath into your heart center. Gently breathing in and out. Another one, inhale. And exhale. Again, inhale. And exhale. And then gently from there, breathing in and out. And then as you gently come upright into a seated position, I'm just welcoming you to take another deep breath in and out. Again, inhale. And exhale. Good. Another one. Inhale. And exhale. And as you continue to breathe in and out, Welcoming you to just take a moment to express gratitude for all aspects of yourself. And then just simply uh, giving yourself a little bit more space here, maybe to silently express gratitude to others. And then if you have time to just inquire from within that which you have created a veil for yourself where you might have blind faith and a little tap on the shoulder. And then as inspired, start to see how you naturally confirm something, keeping yourself in integrity, having the courage to have conversations where you need to with yourself and others, welcoming yourself into radical honesty. And then from that foundational point, we'll build upon that and the next segment next week. And please stay a little bit longer. Connect to the sounds of Kadri Scott, the circle. And big thanks to Random Rab uh, for 
his beautiful creations. And also thankful to Dante Marino. He's another artist. He assisted in the producing of the sound segment with me. Until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simple. That's right.